What's up, guys, and welcome back to the show. CoinKite and River are the two awesome Bitcoin companies which I'm grateful to have supporting this podcast. If you know all about them already, skip ahead 60 seconds. If not, keep listening. CoinKite is the maker of what many Bitcoiners believe to be the gold standard Bitcoin hardware wallet, the cold card. If you've been delaying on setting up your self-custody solution, I strongly advise that you take action, as 2022 was once again littered with examples which prove the adage, not your keys, not your coins. The cold card is also compatible with several of the most popular multi-sig solutions if you're interested in exploring that approach to custodying your Bitcoin. If gifting physical Bitcoin in the upcoming year is what you're after, the SATS card is a great way to do so. It's like an open dime, but you can load and sweep it 10 times with just a mobile phone, and it comes in a handy and familiar credit card form factor. Finally, the BlockLock Micro has recently hit the market for those of us that get a potentially strange, but absolutely understandable, satisfaction at keeping an eye on the current block height, sats per USD exchange rate, and much else. To check it all out, visit CoinKite.com. River allows you to securely buy Bitcoin, zero fee dollar cost average, and purchase hosted mining rigs. Also, their Lightning services enables developers and companies to integrate Lightning payments into their applications without having to run any Lightning infrastructure themselves. I recommend River because of their dedication to service, stellar team, and in-house approach to building a next-generation financial services business on Bitcoin. To get started, visit river.com today. Benny, how are you? Thanks for coming on. Do it. Awesome to meet you, John. I'm very excited. Awesome to meet you too. Um, you, I so a couple of weeks ago, I was try, trying something new where I put out a Calendly link, Calendly link on Twitter because I've been having a lot of conversations with so-called plebs or just you know mm-hmm. random people out in the Twitterverse, uh, random Bitcoiners, and uh, I thought this might be a more efficient way of doing it of just put putting the link there and having people mm-hmm. book themselves in, you know, with some criteria which I I put in the note when you make the booking. And you, I think, are the third, third or fourth person to do it. Um, so you know, thanks for booking yourself in. And you gave a little brief explainer about what you wanted to discuss today. But you know, obviously, you're re- remaining anonymous, so I don't know how much intro to yourself you want to give. But to the extent you want to give one, go for it. And then um, let's rip into what you want to talk about. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think it makes sense to give a little bit of a background. I think the most important part is that. About eight years ago, I fell into the spirituality rabbit hole, partly out of deep inherent uh, curiosity, but also because of the pain I was uh, experiencing. I was uh, suffering from uh, anxiety and depression at that time. And luckily, I always had this feeling um, that this is not a not something I should fix with medication. Um even though it was offered to me directly, like even without listening to me properly uh, from most of the um, professionals that I went to. But but luckily I I saw it as kind of a, maybe a kind of a puzzle that I have to solve. And um, so what I did was basically four to five years of trying out all kinds of different therapies, um, lots of alternative healing modalities, lots of airy-fairy stuff, woo-woo stuff as well. And um, it yeah, took, took tons of coachings and all this kind of stuff and probably... Tried, tried it all, po- basically. Basically, yeah. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i pretty happy about the, the um, creativity out there in the, in the... what kind of 
techniques are there still to explore. I'm really looking mm -hmm. forward to to go on exploring and uh, exploring forever. Um, but yeah, it took took about I'd say four to five years to really find what actually worked uh, for me, and that was kind of a kind of a miracle. Uh, after all this trying, um, I would have probably been uh, at that point been labeled therapy resistant by the fiat mental health <laughs> system um, and so at that point i was studying uh, music production i was uh, um, right in the middle of that and i figured i still love music production but i feel like what i've learned from going through these dark times um I have to, this is more my purpose to, to go out there and help people with what I've learned with my journey. And so I got a training in IFS, Internal Family Systems Therapy. Have you heard of that? No. It's uh, actually pretty amazing looking backwards. Uh, I got to know it before I got to know Bitcoin. And this model sees the healthy human psyche as a decentralized system. And so that, that was a perfect primer to... Uh, to later then understand Bitcoin really fast once I uh, um, got in touch with it. And that so there were, it was kind of a perfect storm uh, of many primers before getting in touch with Bitcoin that, that helped me like pre-frame myself towards understanding it. Because in addition to the, let's say, emotional spirit, um, uh, rabbit hole, I also went down the entrepreneurship online entrepreneur online business rabbit hole there's there's a universe out there um on that and i learned so much about the market marketing market research developing like like the the, the main phrase of every business mentor that i that i uh, learned from is create value no and uh, your podcast is a lot about value as well mm. as as is Bitcoin. And um, so, so this, this value topic was in my, was always uh, present and uh, lots of stuff like uh, money mindset. And, and there was, there were bits and pieces like all throughout that universe that, that, all, that all were like small puzzle pieces of understanding the greater, the greater systems. However, n none in that space no one has re has really um given me the answers because i was i was looking for bigger picture understanding all the time anyway um and so finally um uh, by out of accident uh, i stumbled up on a joe rogan uh, podcast episode with peter schiff <laughs> and and he pretty much perfectly explained everything that's wrong with the fiat system to me and i was mind blown i was like okay this this is kind of the i have to follow this trail um listen to another episode uh, some some other podcast where he, where peter schiff was guest and he was asked about bitcoin and and he said no it's a scam um it doesn't have any in, intrinsic value um forget about that and i was like huh i'm curious about that stuff so i just typed in Bitcoin has no intrinsic value into my podcast app. And what I found was, uh, guys, one Bitcoin audible, Bitcoin has no intrinsic value, dot, dot, dot. And that is great. <laughs> and I clicked on that episode, listened to it. And it is just took Con that episode. Was that a Connor Brown article? 
Oh, I don't I don't know exactly. Maybe, maybe. I think it might have been. But anyway, sorry. Go on. Yes, yes. Um, and it just took that episode to Orange Pill Me. It was just, okay, that's it. I, everything makes sense now. Of course, I, I <laughs> like because all, all the pre-framing before that. So um, the perfect mix of understanding collective, the collective psyche and understanding business market markets and um and also the emotional relationship to to money was also a lot of uh, um a, a big topic that i studied the years before um and so yeah basically when i since i got that um that orange pilling moment um delivered by guy swan <laughs> um it's about two uh, two years ago now and ever since since then the main question that that i obsessed over was how can i help accelerate the bitcoin adoption with what i know from my experience with emotional healing processes or emotional development processes and you know i i've i've also tried the the regular way as, as we all do trying to force feed the orange pill to everyone around me. Um, obviously, met a lot of resistance. Um, then went the the other way that most of us go after a while, saying, okay, you know what, I'll let it go. Uh, I'll let people come to me when they are ready. But even though that felt way more mature, it was, there was still this this energy inside of me that was like, I want to, I want to do something. There's got to be something that I can do, and creating creating um, Bitcoin content was like was for me like there's so much out there that's awesome already, and it's more like creating and putting it out is still not this this directive, this outreaching energy. It's more like here we are, come to me. It's still this this pull pull energy. It's not this push energy that 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 wanted to get out of me, and. So basically didn't really find any alternative though, but during the, um, during the work that I did with my, with my clients, um, in that time, I, I realized, wait, um, waking up to Bitcoin is pretty much the same or has at least most things in parallel as healing attachment trauma as healing developmental or relational trauma which is all about realizing where your boundaries are where where your sovereignty starts mm -hmm. and i feel i feel like yes. you're you're about to you know break into that thing so just <laughs> just bef before we do yes and obviously you know if you don't want to share anything, just let me know. Although you are anonymous, so perhaps you know there's less of a uh, resistance to it. But like way mm -hmm. back when, when you started on that journey of you know basically the t the standard medical system being inadequate in terms of helping you to resolve the issues you were having, and then going down the route of trying all these different alternatives. What was it that was causing you, you know, the distress, the despair, the depression? Like what, you know. Cause I'm, and I ask because I know a lot of, I've, I've had enough mm -hmm. of these conversations to know that a lot of people share similar things. You know, the, the, the thing that causes despair, whether it be trauma, whether it be hopelessness, whether it be nihilism, whether it be 
inadequacy, fear, all that kind of stuff. I mean, these are mm -hmm. very common things that a lot of people share. And so just, just to maybe properly contextualize the solution is not the right word, but the, the approach that you're going to, I presume soon articulate and put forward, mm -hmm. I think it might enrich it to know kind of the emotional state that that was ultimately, that ultimately comes from. So can you put any more details on, you know, what it was that caused you to, to seek help in the first place? Yeah. So the, if I would have to put a, put the cause of all of the pain into one word, it would be feared. <laughs> I didn't know that at that time. Fiat. But fiat, yes. Um, it's, it's, it's the root of, you, you know. The system, you mean. <laughs> yes. Like all, yes. all the different perversions yes. that the, system, the fiat yes. system yeah. conjures up were, you know, you, you felt the burden of it all and you, you were distressed by it all and that was just eating away at you sort of thing. Is, is that a proper characterization? Yeah, not not only uh, seeing the the suffering around me and kind of being um, confronted with all that despair all the time. That's that's a big part, but the way that this especially affected my parents and all caregivers that that were around me when I was a child. Um, the the main the main mechanic or the main, the main dynamic that causes attachment trauma, which basically just means as a kid, I don't feel safe because my caregivers can uh, provide for me physically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. For most people it's, it's uh, emotionally, but that's highly related to the physical caregiving as well. Poverty causes emotional um, lack of resource, Distress, and stress, anxiety, and that filters down to exactly, basically, exactly, and no, no time resource, and all the all the all the propaganda, all the all the, you know, it's a it's a debt system. So the main emotion that is governing us is guilt, and newborns are picking that up. Newborns don't feel safe when they're around guilty heavily guilty people or feeling people that are feeling like, they, like they're guilty. What type of guilt do you think they're feeling? Like guilt from what or caused by what? The, I would say it's, it's the, the, the tricky thing about this is, is that it's so vague that you can't put a, put a finger on it. It's so vague. It's, it's, it's so subtle. It's all this subtle gaslighting, this, the subtle, um, um the malthusian view the the like this this mm -hmm. uh, this view of sin as well like all these systems that are just um combined still um still in our in our um in our collective consciousness from hundreds of years maybe thousands of years um of being being governed being enslaved um and it's it's so subtle like that that's why nobody notices notices it uh, going through the matrix like we after after quote unquote waking up to bitcoin and seeing all these subtle patterns we're like holy cow this is like all this double speak all this it's it's so hard to put a finger on and that that is that is the the the, the tricky thing about attachment trauma is that you don't have to have 
any shock trauma in your childhood. You don't have to have any um, like accidents or abuse, abuse like physical right. abuse, uh, whatever kind, uh, form of abuse. Um, and you don't have to have any of that. And that's why it's so hard to, to, to find the solution to, to finally understand what the hell is wrong with quote unquote wrong with, with me. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's this feeling of inadequacy that makes the, the nervous system of parents of caregivers just very unstable. Right. And if you as a child have the need for feeling safe and someone who is not feeling safe themselves is coming to you or maybe coming a bit late to you because they are busy watching the news or busy watching some, uh, some guilt propaganda about the, um, about the Nazis uh, that is often uh, formulated very subtly in a way that you, that you feel guilty yourself for what happened back then. Um, and if, if, if caregivers consume stuff like that, it's, it's just a, a child just feels the world is unsafe. Mm -hmm. And if the world is unsafe, it's in constant danger. And that is basically the root cause of all the anxiety disorder that is uh, ramping up um, in, one in nowadays. The, one of the ways that I've characterized it in the past, ca characterized it in the past, and, and this was definitely part of my, uh, I guess, struggle you know, in my earlier years and, you know, there's always a way forward and you always have to take responsibility, you know? So I, in, in all these conversations, I never want to suggest or insinuate that it's the fault of something outside of us. Ultimately mm -hmm. the buck stops with each of us, but of course you can't be oblivious to the, the manner and ways in which the system that you're embedded in is either, you know, s supporting of you or, or at least cre creating a fair landscape for, you know, for you to exist in a fair and free landscape, let's say, or the ways in which it's depriving you or, or exacting an artificial sort of deprivation upon you or, or stressors or anxieties and all those sorts of things, which that's the fiat answer, right? That is what the fiat system does. And for me, mm -hmm. the, perhaps the tension, like a broad tension, not getting down into specifics was always, you know, you, you grow up and even though the world is for lack of a better term, fucked up, there's so many bright spots, right? Mm -hmm. Beautiful moments, friendships, love, you know, like, like we, we get exposed to those things and, and we, we, they resonate with those elements within us, right? Or, and we, we can find them within ourselves and, you know, especially the innocence of, of childhood, like these things are on full display and you're feeling them a lot, even if you can't really understand them or intellectualize them or articulate them yet. Um, but I, you know, I, in reflecting back, I think one of the things for me was you grow up and you get an impression for what goodness is. And then mm -hmm. you, you look out on the world and there's a mismatch or a tension or like you see, like, how come the mm -hmm. world isn't rewarding those things? How come the world mm -hmm. isn't uh, amplifying those things? How come those things aren't the, you know, the top achievements in this world or the things that are most amplified or incentivized or elevated like why is that you know again mm -hmm. for lack of a better term why does the world seem so fucked up why does what seems good to me and in me doesn't seem to be reflected out in the world at least not as much as it could be and that mm -hmm. you know that that causes those feelings of like that like you don't belong or like something is wrong with you because like well not can't be wrong with the world right the world is real and you're the you're the one that's needs to conform yourself to it that's what the tension is you're not you're not getting it as, as, as much, but you know, mm -hmm. I think many of us just, the reason why we go through that journey of discovery perhaps is like, no, like you, you, you're so convicted in the sense 
it's not me, you know, like, I, of course, I'm not always right. I have my biases. I'm, I'm sub, uh, subject to conditioning and all that kind of stuff, but there is something wrong. There's, or at the very minimum, there's something that can be improved. And, you know, uh, I'm going to hold on to that, that flame that inspired that, that causes me to feel that way. And if that means mm -hmm. that I have to bear the burden of tension for longer, you know, one of my, the things I always repeated in my head when, when, I confronted, you know, the the difficulty of that tension was I'd, I'd rather be uh, uh, tormented by the truth than coddled by ignorance, because I think that's mm. kind of the that's the fork in the road. You can say, well, the world is not really matching what I think it's supposed to, or it's it's you know I'm seeing a lot of ugliness in the world. Well, you can just turn the blinders off, accept it, ignore it, and just you know find a little track and be blissfully ignorant, or you can maintain a reverence for the truth and a recognition of its redemptive capacity to say, no, mm -hmm. like the truth is the most important thing. And I don't want to take my eye off that because that's going to, that is ultimately what's going to redeem myself. And mm -hmm. to the extent that the, you know, I can participate in its flourishing in the world, then the world as well. And uh, you know, that's, that's the more difficult road because it's not the road of mindless consumption and TV and, you know, like all mm -hmm. this, all the fiat stuff that we would, or all the attributes of a fiat world that we would identify. That's what the mm -hmm. ignorant road is. Just dumb down, don't think about it, consume, then die, and that's it. And mm -hmm. the the more truthful path is the one where you constantly seek to uh, see with greater clarity, to engage in the uncomfortable processes of finding your blind spots and finding your biases and prejudices that prejudices and conditioning and trying mm -hmm. to resolve them, trying to have them cohere more to something that's more truthful and maintaining that out in, out in the world, even when it's not incentivized, it's not elevated. You're not rewarded mm -hmm. for it immediately. Now you, you may be rewarded for it on a kind of metaphysical scale, but you know, that is uh, oftentimes that's not, uh, that's not so much comfort in your daily life because your daily life is far more of those interactions with the mm -hmm. real world. Um, and one of the things that makes me, well, this is this is kind of the lead into what I think we'll be discussing. But mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that psychedelics have always been a big part of, or mm -hmm. not always, but for like you know, fifteen or twenty years, they've they've helped me in that process, amongst many other things. But it's always been the case. It's like, wow, you can, you know, you can pierce the veil a bit. You can see greater truth. You can even you know bring it down into your own life and and have it use it as a tool for your own refinement towards that truth, but you still come, you still don't really have a mechanism for fixing everything outside of yourself. And mm -hmm. I think this is a cause why a lot of those, you know, a lot of people that go down that route end up kind of just exiting, you know, they find an enclave like Bali or Chiang Mai or, you know, mm -hmm. Tulum or where, wherever all the hippies are hanging out, the people that like mm -hmm. reject the system. And again, I mean, th those can be lovely environments and, and lovely mm -hmm. people, of course, but it's giving up almost in a sense, you know, it's, it's not addressing, uh, the problem, the, you know, the actual problem. And when Bitcoin came along and I, and the penny finally mm -hmm. dropped for me and I got it, I was like, this is exactly, I mean, this is it. This is, ba this is basically a yes. transmutation of that, those same principles, but into the interpersonal world that can actually mm -hmm. rectify the, the problems that, you know, fiat has created. And, and also all the, the lesser aspects of ourselves, you know, the, the less virtuous components of, of who we are, which have amplified those things 
can now do the exact opposite and dial down those things and amplify the virtuous aspects of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so ever since then, it's been a process of leaning into that because, you know, it's not only another excellent tool for your own refinement, you know, and a lot of people find this, it's like when you learn about and engage with Bitcoin, like it's just, it's like a personal development or even a spiritual sort of tool where you just kind of, your attempt to understand this thing, to understand this idea not only invigorates you intellectually because it forces you to kind of broaden your scope of intellectual pursuit in order to try to contextualize and understand the full implications of this thing. But mm-hmm. even that alone is, is a very um, powerful instigator for your development in, in, in other ways, you know, whether it be emotional mm-hmm. or in relationships or spiritual or what have you. Um, and of course the, the process of trying to fully understand Bitcoin can lead you down into some pretty, well, some 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 interesting rabbit holes itself that lead you know to mm-hmm. the door of some of the biggest questions that philosophy and theology have always tried to answer. But suffice it to say that you know, uh, I think, or for me, it was recognizing that disparity between what I thought was right and true and good, and what I was mm-hmm. seeing out in the world. And when I came across Bitcoin, it seemed like that is the most. Uh, that would be the most powerful tool to close the gap and rectify yes. that the, that big gargantuan problem that I was per- yes. perceiving that prior I, I, I couldn't even imagine could be rectified. Yes, exactly. I I see it. So so there's there's a a model of evolutionary psychology stages, spiral dynamics. Have you heard of that? I've heard of it, but I haven't gone into it. The the funny thing is that this was developed before Bitcoin. And they describe exactly the the process, the birthing process that uh, we're going through now. And the two stages before the leap that we are going through now, um, basically the two stages that are before the Bitcoin stage <laughs> um, are the entrepreneurial stage and the hippie stage. And the entrepreneurs reject the hippies for being woo-woo. And the hippies reject the entrepreneurs for being so aggressive, so so straightforward, so capitalistic, and um, so so egotistical. And once you once you integrate both of these aspects in yourself, once you see in yourself that you as a human you have both of these sides, you kind of um, you combine the spiritual and the material, and then you understand Bitcoin. Kind of like this, this is a this is a very rough rough des- description of it, but um, so the the gap that you that you're seeing is basically I would say as well the the gap between the spiritual and the and the material world that is closed by Bitcoin. Well, that's I I agree and have had similar thoughts before, but it, of course it's quite the statement. Would you like to put some more meat on that one? Yeah. So. So for example, for the for the entrepreneurs, for the for the for the um, more materialistic um stage that is before before the um um I, I, sh- should I go into into the other stages as well that um yeah in, in this model however you like, you know. Okay, okay. So so the main the main birthing process that we are in with the collective psyche right now is that the first stage that knows that realizes that there are stages 
is the first one that will actually mediate and integrate all other stages that came before to work together. So we have to, so if we want peace and, and harmony on this world and uh, want, want, our, want the cooperation, the, the deflation, deflationary system that Bitcoin also brings, um, if we want to grow the pie of value, we have to find all the aspects in ourselves that we went that that we um that we grew through and and have to integrate those aspects that we have rejected so for example the the hippies they reject anger they reject aggression they don't see the good thing in aggression they don't realize that for example self defense is a very virtuous um can be a very virtuous um skill or uh, attribute and I think that uh, Bitcoin helps the quote-unquote hippies or the the the, the spiritual uh, people to to realize, okay, there's this thing that is supposed to bring all these values that we have into the world. Let's look at it a bit. Let's let's look at it a bit closer because someone who understands me, understands my values, is telling me about it. Um, let's look a, bit, a little bit closer into it. Oh, it has to do with money? How can that be? And then they, uh, and then, uh, and then they see, oh, it has to do with setting boundaries, it has to do with standing your ground, it has to do with um, becoming self-sovereign. Well, I like freedom. I'm, I'm looking for freedom of my soul all the time. This aligns completely with my value. And Oh wow! There's this thing, Bitcoin, that bridges the gap to understanding the value of boundaries, the value of aggression, the value of um, of action, and the 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 entrepreneurs. They have the value of creating, of taking action, of change, of building something in the world, of um, of of being uh, of taking self responsibility and once they see that there's a tool for that uh, that aligns their values which is bitcoin they start to uh, they can they can look deeper into it and realize oh there's even more to it it might it also fixes the world oh wow it also uh brings all these woo-woo values but in kind of a grounded way we like mm -hmm. that so so it, it kind of bridges the gap between the um between between these worlds does does that that uh explain it deeper you yeah yeah that's you mean the the if, if we characterize those two worlds being kind of uh engaged in or represented by you know the so-called hippie approach versus the so-called entrepreneur approach like both mm -hmm. of those are those factions are appealing to those worlds you would say a bit more and in this case we're using the term worlds to mean like you know a, a manner a, what aspect of reality you focus on basically or you, mm -hmm. you engage in the most and those two kind of being archetypes for for different engaging different aspects of reality and bitcoin basically having the the values or virtues um, 
and also being an instrument or tool that that enables engagement on both of those aspects and as a result brings mm -hmm. them together exactly exactly yeah the the stage that we are moving towards that i would say bitcoin is like like we are at is the stage above the hippie hippie stage uh, the the first stage that is aware that there are other stages and that is able to see to 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 see complex systems and that sees the good uh, sees the bad and the good in all in all in all developmental stages before that even in the stages of um of imperial uh, of of empires of religions so uh, I, I listened to to uh, your episode with bitcoin consciousness where you you were also talking about the um the values that religion probably gave humanity for that time because it was the most most viable option at that time and this is exactly it. it it's like looking back and integrating and seeing what valuable stuff can we can we learn from these from these uh, prior development stages and how can we integrate them all together in a fully functioning system and this stage basically is the systems systems thinking stage stage yellow that's that's how it's called and um this is basically the birth birthing process moving all the other stages further and further up the the spiral into into that stage so we can all work uh together what what's in in spiral dynamics what what is at the top of the spiral let's say infinity infinity of, <laughs> it, of what is, is the spiral a characterization of consciousness like different different levels or manifest like yes yes experiences yes. It's, it's, of consciousness it's starting from quote-unquote lower stages of consciousness and spirals up it and it it always um it always swings from me focused to we focused um and it the the further you go up the spiral the more we and me work together and the more it becomes one and the we cannot know where the spiral will end because probably it won't <laughs> because everything uh, um everything goes on everything goes on um and and there are more and more stages probably yes maybe it collapses in itself one at one point and starts over from the from the bottom again um and there are more and more stages um uncovered um throughout the years as well but the idea is kind of like the pinnacle of the spiral is like akin to enlightenment that notion yeah 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 and and probably enlightenment is infinite as well yeah well sure i mean it's if infinite of, infinite stages of infinite stages yeah and any um, any you know metaphysical or philosophical system of understanding has to kind of converge on an apex of the the system right and then you know it's kind of like well what's at the apex it's like well who knows things restart or you know you enter into another level or whatever but the, you know it's the same as yeah whether it's hinduism or buddhism or you know christ or you know neoplatonic and the one like you know things converge into a oneness you know that mm -hmm. seems to be the the 
if not the final ending, I mean, the conceptual ending point of any system of development seems to be the case. Yeah, I like to I like to focus more on the journey. Except, well, sure, uh, sure. Uh, I mean, both is both is important. But what what I find really fascinating is to to realize, oh wow, we're actually pretty close to the stages that actually enable harmony, more and more harmony in the world. I mean, in the physical, we see it with Bitcoin, um, but seeing just observing the 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 psychological attributes of uh, of the of different groups of people around the world, how they are distributed, how they are, um, what the percentages are, we can see that we are, yes, we are <laughs> still, most people are in the, um, in the, um, um, uh, imperial stage, which is one stage below the, uh, entrepreneur stage. It's the stage of following orders. Um, <laughs> and, but the pain of staying in that in that stage becomes greater and greater and the stages above which are the entrepreneurial and spiritual stage are growing they are they are pretty uh, th those are pretty um substantial amounts of people that that are just pretty much just waiting to be orange a quote unquote orange pills <laughs> even though um not consciously yeah yeah um, all right. Bef before we go back to what you were going to break into in terms of <laughs> the specific um, approach to resolving trauma and its relation to Bitcoin, and we mm -hmm. will do that next. But just to, to finish off this this portion or this part of the conversation, um, you mentioned that you kind of the orange peel hit you two years ago after you know the the Guy Swan article, and then going down <laughs> the rabbit hole after that. How much has you know, because all this stuff we're talking about, like we're, we're finding these different methods to resolve these different things within ourselves. And that's kind of the, the spiritual mm -hmm. or personal development journey. And then to me, and then this is kind of what I was alluding to before, you have this thing in Bitcoin that uh, synthesizes all of exactly. that yes. perfectly. Um, and not only is that, you know, tremendously uplifting, energizing, you know, hope spring, you know, renewed hope and all that kind of stuff. Uh but it's also like what it delivers in terms of, you know, kind of coherence within your consciousness of it, your, mm -hmm. your capacity to uh, s develop a perspective that's perhaps more clear, like, you know, gain greater access to clarity and see truthfulness more easily. And, and then, of course, you know, the result of that is being able to orient your life around it more and being mm -hmm. and presumably if, you know, being able to construct and orient a life that's that's better that's more beneficial that's more aligned with the the things and the virtues and the principles and the ethics that you you deem to be the ones that are most valid and you know that is obviously incredibly to the extent that it's true to the extent that that's actually happening is incredibly enriching experience mm -hmm. or or incredibly enriching uh it, it enriches one's life uh tremendously let's say and so I'm just curious, you know, over the last two years, has that been the case for you? And, you know, if so, any other, you know, details that you would add to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I won't go into the details of nutrition, but that's one, uh, <laughs> that's one area of, uh, of life that definitely got, uh, um, got some changes. I was vegan for three years uh, before 
before getting orange pills <laughs> no i'm no, not let, let me guess you eat more meat now <laughs> yeah a little bit a little bit <laughs> and um, that definitely um, made a huge impact on my energy and on my energy throughout the day and um but but the thing that i think is actually the the biggest value for my personal life is a growth in confidence right because like i say i i say this all the time when i'm talking to friends that are like oh i'm trying to like why am i always so uh, um so insecure when i go out and talk to people um and i'm like well you're trying to fit into something that you don't that you that's not human nature and the more you understand human nature and bitcoin is a huge part of that it 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 like it like of course like there's the saying of uh, i think it was uh, jiddu krishnamurti um it's not a um it's not an no accomplishment to be well yes. adjusted to a sick society exactly that exactly that and 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 of course one can one can read those sentences one can read read those those quotes and understand it to some degree but bitcoin is kind of the um the looking glass is it called looking glass um with uh the 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 stuff which you which you um zoom into into things um Mag uh, magnifying Magn glass? magnifying magnifying glass exactly the magnifying glass bitcoin is the magnifying glass which you can hold onto every area of your life and really understand like everything every puzzle piece falls into place and you see all the details all the nuances why everything is as effed up as it is and and not only see, do you see what's effed up but you also can you can always directly think okay what's the what would bitcoin do <laughs> kind of <laughs> exactly um and and this way you also you you not just see what's what's wrong but you also directly see how it would be in the world that's actually human in the world in the world of dignity um and and seeing that is just it's like going around and people are telling me uh you know uh uh it's bad to breathe air and um, trees are made out of plastic. And I'm like, no, they aren't. It's like, it's like pretty much every, everything people who don't know that paradigm um, are telling me that it's not true. It's, it's like, no, <laughs> I can confidently say, no, you, you are wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I don't, and I don't even have to be righteous about it. Right. That, that's, that's one, one, uh, maybe a topic we we can go later into as, as well uh, the difference between being right and righteous um because it's it, uh, okay sure let's go <laughs> so 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 what i figured that as a bitcoiner yes and and the more you understand the more you you use that magnifying glass and the more you you understand what how a human world would actually look like or how a healthy world would actually look like you kind of have you kind of develop some strong opinions strongly held to say it like that and the tricky thing about it is they are the strong opinions strongly held are probably true even though you are doing it in an unhealthy way of holding them so strong and uh, opposing um, um 
force feeding them others but um the there's a i think it was jordan peterson who in one i don't know what 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 interview or talk it was but he said the best way to what was it to help someone admit that they are wrong is to build them a golden bridge that they can walk backwards on something along those lines so so in terms in terms of not so it's easy not, for them to uh adopt a, another perspective let's say you know, yeah it, on. so they don't feel shamed for being wrong right, right right and and what i i noticed when i in the the times that i went into it like no it, it's a fiat fiat wrong fiat wrong and <laughs> um, kind of uh trying to convince people like that it always had this 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 energy of once they would admit it, I would say, I told you so. Ha! Mm -hmm. <laughs> and even though that wasn't like consciously, this is the goal of uh, of everything that I do, or it, it was still kind of a pattern that um, that was laying below that. And I, I feel like many people, I, I think that's, ex I think that's the, the, the closest or the, the most exact definition of the, the toxicity of the Bitcoin maximalists, I would say that, that that's the closest I can get to it in, in defining it is this being righteous, making, making the other person, um, give, giving them the impression that if they would admit they are wrong, they, they would get a big, I told you so, ha. So one sorry. very important. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so, so I'm, so staying humble and stacking sets to me is like yin and yang. The stacking sets is the the uh, the rational part. It's the yang, and the staying it's humble. A, it's a greedy part, almost in a sense. We're in staying humble. Is yeah. Kind of the antithesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's it's a, it's a healthy form of greed. The stacking right. sets. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. And and the staying humble, I think we as a community, we as a Bitcoin community, we can focus more on the staying humble part and not, not necessarily in the, uh, keep calm people like don't, don't, don't raise your voices. Don't, don't stand your ground. Definitely. I don't mean that, but more in a humbleness is just a quality that you can use and, and develop to better connect with people to better, to build deeper relationships. And it doesn't mean like holding back your, your opinion at all mm. doesn't have to to mean that and I, I i think staying humble and stacking sets is just a, a multi-dimensional uh oh, very much <laughs> so. there's, there's, a, there's infinite interpretations of, of that wisdom and it is it is so, it, i mean it is wisdom you know uh kudos to odell for putting that mm -hmm. together because that'll be a timeless uh piece of wisdom for a long time to come i think mm -hmm. um but you know when i when you when i hear you saying all that i i agree and i think the reason for because you're kind of saying like well now i can i can think i'm seeing truth i think i can be right but i don't need i don't have that impulse to convince people that i am and then you know let them know that i was um and mm -hmm. i think you know again we're back to that distinction of bitcoin and fiat in fiat land the whole point is you 
the, the system is predicated on having power over to, to coerce or force other people to do what you think is right. And so like mm -hmm. in that, in that system, of course, that would be the response to being right. Like not only mm -hmm. can you do, you, can you be right, but you have to impose it on other people. You have to get people to acquiesce or submit to your rightness. Whereas mm -hmm. in Bitcoin, we know that I, I can't make you adopt Bitcoin in, in at all. Like, mm -hmm. so I could be right about a great many, you know, about Bitcoin and all the different elements of it, but there's no point in me trying to like that being adversarial when I'm doing that with you, because mm -hmm. the, like, I, I'm, I can't, I know that the, the solution to, you know, the broader solution to the problems that we're, we're discussing or we're facing is not me forcing anything on you. It's you making a decision to adopt yes. something for yourself. And so in that context, like, I, I just think that changes the, the energy or the attitude towards, you know, uh, discussions about, you know, what is right or wrong, wrong in a given context in, in, the, in, with a fiat mindset, the right or wrong, there's something that follows right or wrong. And it's one kind of imposing something on the other. Mm -hmm. Like you have, you have a political discussion, what's right or wrong. Oh, this side won. That means every, this is getting imposed on everybody mm -hmm. in Bitcoin. It's the opposite. It's like, you can still have the right or wrong, but it's, it's almost exclusively for the benefit of the refinement of your own perspective. Not, mm. not, it doesn't, it doesn't mean or doesn't necessitate imposition of anything on anyone as a result of one side being right versus the other. And, yeah, uh, you know, that seems to be the case. Yeah. With, with, with Bitcoin, with what's happening with Bitcoin. I and love that men perspective. Men mentality is, is being adopted. And, and to the point about toxicity, because, you know, you might say, well, that that somewhat contradicts it. Um, and I would say, I don't think, you know, you're always going to have outliers, right? And and we're all imperfect. And so mm -hmm. occasionally people are going to get emotionally <clears throat> triggered and they're going to say things that, you know, maybe they otherwise wouldn't or or whatever, you know, like no, nobody is perfect. And so when you throw everyone together in a, in in an environment like Twitter, let's say, you're going to get all sorts of different ways of people expressing themselves. But I mm -hmm. think one, even those people would admit like they're not trying to force anything on anyone, but yes. I, you know, because they can't, they know they can't, you know, like I can't. Even if I even if I wanted to, I can't make you adopt Bitcoin, and therefore I can't force you to participate in what I believe to be the most powerful solution available. So that's just that just exits consciousness in a way, like as an idea. But I think what mm -hmm. what is happening with with the toxicity to a certain degree, and uh, of course there's probably multiple variables here. But I do think an ethic is emerging in the in the culture, right? In in people who value Bitcoin and who discuss it and who have using it and integrating into their lives. And I think those people that kind of are on the front lines of the toxicity thing, and again, ex accepting the, the individual idiosyncrasies that cause people to express themselves in, mm -hmm. in a variety of ways. But I think it's, it's basically giving voice to the ethic that's emerging through the attributes of Bitcoin, which probably not incidentally, are the same virtues and values and ethics that we might deem to be most fundamental and which we could probably find representations in the religions and theologies and philosophies, you know, throughout all of human civilization. But it's mm -hmm. those ethics give, being given voice by those people. And they're basically just saying, uh, you know, that's not right or that's not true. They're, they're, they're basically countervailing 
uh, the violation of certain virtues, which is why, like, from my perspective, my observation, when I see toxicity in the space, usually it's response it's, it's a response to people being mm -hmm. dishonest, disingenuous, scammers, you know, ignorant That's to true. a fault, like those sorts of things. So it's it's not that they're 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 trying to impose anything. It's almost like they're just. Uh, I mean, in in a sense, and I've always seen it this way. I think it's a service because you don't have to listen mm -hmm. to anyone who's yelling at you, but it is feedback and data that you might consider and say, "Oh, like, do I have a blind spot here? And I'm, am I being, am I being, uh, like, more dishonest than I ought to be? Am I being faker than I ought to be? Am I being more arrogant or hubristic?" you know, or, or narcissistic than I ought mm -hmm. to be. Well, maybe, you know, maybe I don't like the delivery method of someone calling me a piece of shit scammer, but <laughs> maybe I should have a look and see if there's any validity to it. And that's, that's where the humility part comes in, right? Because if you can come in to the space of many people have with different backgrounds, you know, different levels of wealth, all that kind of stuff. And if you, even if you don't directly experience it, but even if you just witness it and you're like, oh, this is, how dare people speak like this? This is just horrible. I'm out. This is not a, a community I want to be a part of. But if you can, if you can tolerate, if you can look at it and see it for what it is and be humble enough to, you know, to, to allow that kind of self uh, reflective analysis to, to happen and to be open that maybe there's something here that you're not seeing and to allow for all these different forms of expression and still keep going despite all that. Well, that seems to be why, uh, how this phenomenon or this technology is self-selecting for humility because mm -hmm. because all those people that would be turned away at the door because they're not humble enough to see past something they don't like someone speaking to them in, in a way that they're not accustomed to or whatever then they get turned turned around immediately but mm -hmm. people that don't get turned around by that well they get to go further and further and further and further down the rabbit hole to what I presume to be their great benefit, because then they begin to understand what this is. And obviously they're in a better position to welcome the benefits of it into their, their own life as a result. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would agree with pretty much all you said. However, I think there's a nuance. I think most Bitcoiners, probably 99% don't consciously want to want to be righteous However, I, I feel like there is, because it's, it's ingrained in us, because we grew up in a fiat world, we grew up in a righteous world, in a, in a, in a world right, of right. Be, where being righteous is, is the, the standard. I think there are still some of these, um, it's, it's kind of a passive aggression, passive aggressiveness in that. Um, and I think Bitcoin is showing these these uh, these emotional refinements these karmic refinements that one could still take to say like this to be mm -hmm. to be even because sure we definitely want to select um we don't want people who are who are arrogant um or or, or scammers in the field of bitcoin but that that's it's not not happening it's, it's not possible anyway to have have a scamming like you can't be a Bitcoiner and a scammer at the same time, <laughs> like if you if you're adhering to the principles. So, right. so what 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 I think is that um, <clears throat> we as Bitcoiners, if we want to, if we want to, let's say spread or or, or 
or help more people just to understand it and help more people to see it, to see the value of Bitcoin, we can be we can be even more humble than we already are. And I think it's a great this mechanism of being of calling scammers out. Amazing, I love it. It's it's uh, this is what the world the world needs: skin in the game, mm. social skin in the game. Um, however, for those people that we want to. Uh, I mean, even for even for the scammers, if we build loving human relationships to those people, you can turn them they, around. <laughs> yes, yes, and and of course, this might even sound like, oh, uh, like I'm in a relationship and I can change her. I can, <laughs> she, 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 will, she will turn around. However, I actually think that sure we don't have to we don't have to. Um, bite our, our teeth on the on the hard cases but we can we can start going one like reaching our hand even further like reaching being even more open going one step further towards them being even more open being even more loving mm -hmm. um i feel like there's there's this huge potential because we bitcoiners we are oh my god we, the the bitcoiners i know are the most loving people i know <laughs> and and we can I, i think we can show that and we can act on that even more I think this this is the the could be one of the most potential marketing attributes of being of of being of the, the, or let's say uh, one of the the most um, effective branding aspects of being a bitcoiner is being seen as oh these bitcoiners they're they're loving and not loving in a nice nice guy kind of way but in a, in an authentic way and I feel like there's this tiny sliver of of um of subconsciously trying to convince the others of the subconscious righteousness that that one could um that we bitcoiners can even transcend further mm -hmm. so bitcoin gives us gives us more humbleness and the others uh more humbleness yeah well again, uh, the, the, the I mean, it, it's part of the many dimensions of that statement you know stay humble because it it very much is like well if you're trying to impose things on others even what you to believe believe to be righteous well you know is that not kind of a manifestation of your ego insofar as it's saying mm -hmm. oh like i you know i you know i have the right to impose something on someone outside of myself you know and mm -hmm. the the answer is, is probably yes there and and you could you could use it the other way too it's like the you could say that th this social aspect of bitcoin as part of its immune system in, in trying to keep the people that are coming into it humble you know so there's there's always mm -hmm. like a fractal pattern within pattern sort of uh, dynamic happening and you know my there, there's and, and I, i i agree with what you're saying you know i often have thought about it in terms of like this whole notion of spooks in bitcoin you know like people from three-letter agencies or people that have nefarious uh mm -hmm. aspirations you know hanging around in bitcoin and and you know i don't know what they do they try to influence people or undermine bitcoin in some way and i always thought well first of all you know how could you ever possibly know like if they're good at their job you're not you're not gonna know um mm -hmm. but more importantly i thought like is there any benefit you know to being so hyper vigilant to the point of paranoia and being thinking everyone is everyone is spook and that kind of stuff and by the way i'm not saying that like you should make yourself impervious in terms of you and your Bitcoin and, and, and as mm -hmm. independent and sovereign as possible. 
but you, you, what you said about all this made me think of it. And my approach was always like, I want it to be the case that if those spooks that have, you know, that wish to undermine what's happening here are listening to me or interacting with me in some way, mm -hmm. you know, I have an aspiration to make what I'm saying and, and the, basically the person that I'm trying to be, be sufficient to cause them to, at a minimum, rethink the side that they're on, you know, mm -hmm. be like, Exactly. Like, do I, well, this doesn't sound so bad. And these people don't seem like such bad people. And they seem to be talking about things that are broadly good. Like, should I really be, you know, against these people? Should I be trying to undermine them? Should I be trying to stop them? You know, and that's mm -hmm. my approach. And, and, and the beauty of that approach is that it's, it's, it's a valid approach and, and perhaps one of the most valid approaches, whether or not you're interfacing with a spook or someone who's aligned with you and, and all that kind of stuff. Like it, it works both ways. So why not, you know, uh, it gives that, that approach, um, I guess more validity in my mind because it kind of, it works on everyone. And if, if there are people out there that, you know, are ostensibly against you, then again, step one, you're as impervious to attack as possible, but also you're, giving them reason to question their own motivations and their own perspective and possibly bringing them to the other side. And for those people that you're aligned with, you're, bit, you're both just enjoying that degree of alignment, you know, how much you line up on so many things and you're, it's evident that you're both attempting to um, be an embodiment of, of those values. And, and again, what, what's better than interacting with people who are doing that because it's a very mm -hmm. humble and, well, just wonderful, you know, a way of interacting with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's basically combining the feminine aspect of loving, being loving, while at the same time, the, the um, masculine principle of self defense. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting, you know, I think that's a good way of putting it, you know, and, and the one of the things I will say, and I don't know if this is a guilty pleasure, or if there's some, uh, some greater virtue in it. I mean, my broader faith, if you want to call it that, is if Bitcoin is what we think it is, it doesn't really matter how people end up expressing it and, you know, defending it mm -hmm. or not. Like it's all it's 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 going to work itself out in the end. Um, and, you know, my my personal approach is the one I just articulated. So I'm not very much like I don't I don't see much value for me in in screeching about every little thing that I'm frustrated about. Like, you know, I'll scroll Twitter and I'll see all the bullshit and I'll want to say the same things that everyone else is saying. I just, it doesn't seem to me to be the best approach for doing what I can to affect the change that I want to see. So I, I take a different track, but I, that's just a preface to me saying, I do appreciate those who take another approach because, you know, mm -hmm. I've been, I'm sure many of us have been in situations like kind of, I don't know, this is the wrong characterization, but like wealthy, fancy, you know, uh, upper class sort of, whether it's parties or events or circles or dinners or like we've been around those sorts mm -hmm. of environments and I'm not condemning all those people, but one of the mm -hmm. hallmarks seems to be is like those people don't crap where they eat basically, you know, so you, you might be in the environment of someone who, who you kind of think is uh, engaging in like immoral activity, let's say, or even illegal activity. I mean, there's, there's, mm -hmm. there's many examples of this, whether we want to do it on, you know, wall street or in politics or whatever, like you, 
you know there's mm-hmm. there's people that are deserving of criticism at a minimum mm-hmm. and uh it doesn't happen because no mm-hmm. nobody wants to ruffle the feathers everyone just wants to go along to get along and everyone's kind of doing you know things that maybe they don't want to be brought to light so everyone just kind of acts like everything's cool on the surface right you're in your tux you're drinking champagne and everything's everything's kosher mm-hmm. um and what i like about bitcoiners is because they're so independent because they have such a reverence for truth because the more of their wealth they have in bitcoin the more impervious it is to the consequences of ruffling feathers they more and more i think feel emboldened to say hey scammer fuck you you're being dishonest and you're scamming people Mm -hmm. and it's not right and (laughs) they're not saying like they're going to do anything about it nor are they saying you know uh nor are they trying to sick enforcement on those people they're Mm -hmm. they're just saying you're doing something wrong and because mm-hmm. I, you know, because I'm independent and I'm sovereign and I, you know, I'm, I'm sticking to certain principles here, I'm going to call it out just so that it's there, just so other people can be aware or just so the conversation can happen publicly. Because otherwise, this whole fiat system has created this culture where if you're wealthy and powerful, people, it's not just that like the system protects you, it's that people are afraid to to. Mm-hmm to contend with you. People are afraid to point out the areas where you're doing things that are immoral or illegal. And therefore it just perpetuates and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't get the the scrutiny that it otherwise deserves. And so I, I love that, you know, there's this ragtag cohort of mm-hmm. cyber hornet, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> that's going to just be like, hey, scammer, like dishonest, lack of integrity, bullshit scammer, you're a scammer and I'm pointing, I'm pointing the finger at you. And that's, that's all they're doing. And then the rest of us can look at it and assess it for ourselves. Do we think those people are scammers? Do we think they're immoral? Do I want to be associated with them? Do I want to do business with them? Do I want to be a customer? Do I want to, you know, uh, add my voice to the chorus? And, um, I don't know. I, I I appreciate it because I, I I think it's good Mm -hmm. that, um, there's less tolerance for, again, broadly speaking, immoral behavior in the Bitcoin, you know, in a Bitcoin world than there has been in the fiat world and which has, as a result, contributed to so many of the things that we'd probably criticize about the fiat world. This is culture of silence if you're wealthy and powerful, Mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think absolutely, it's absolutely necessary, this this mechanism of calling out. It's, it's, It's the mechanism of setting boundaries. And what I, as you just, as you just said that, I feel like what one could add, because if if you end it there, if you just say, "Hey, scammer, um, fuck you," <laughs> fuck you, or or even if you're just calling it out nicely and like not not or, or at least not nicely. too. <laughs> I would like to label you a scammer, sir. <laughs> exactly. So uh, if if you stop there, then okay. Now what? But what I think one, what we could add, and this is what we, what uh, is um, what uh, how how you can fix relationships is you can say you can call out the boundary and then say, you know what, let's find a way together. This is bullshit, but let's find a way. So in in terms of scammers, one could say, hey, fuck you, scammer, but I know you need help, so I can help you. Let's be let's become friends. And I can show you show you the right way, kind of. And this is basically what 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 healthy relationships look like. Of course, maybe you, you, if if someone is actually scamming you, that's maybe a bit a bit too much of a boundary breach. But 
all kinds of um, boundary boundary conflicts. If if we just say, "Hey, you crossed my boundary, stop," then it's like, "Okay, and now what?" But usually, there there needs to be a step afterwards that that makes the that cons uh, consolidates or that 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 brings both people closer together or or closer to a closer in an alignment where the boundaries are not getting crossed and where even out of a win-lose situation or lose-lose situation there becomes a win-win-win situation so this um stop and let's find a way i think that this is um this could be a, an important step yeah well i mean i i actually as you're saying that i mean what comes to mind is like that is actually the unifying power of bitcoin itself because mm -hmm. you're you're saying like you know stop you're a scammer this is a boundary but if you went like if you enter into this world <laughs> if you accept satoshi as your lord and savior if you well you know you welcome bitcoin in in if, if you enter the bitcoin system well then i all know that you can't be scamming right you can't scam me if you're in the, mm -hmm. the system um and so, you know, that's, that's the next step. So, you know, you call it the scammer and then you, you know, maybe it's stay humble stack sats, or maybe that's the, it's the playful insinuation of having, have, have fun staying poor, you know, it's saying that if you exist outside of this system, well, you know, well, how are people going to trust you? First of all, if you've already been a scammer, you know, but if you, it's if true. you enter into a system where, where you can't scam people, uh, you know, at least without their partial involvement, uh, then, you know, you, again, you don't have to trust people. That's kind of the, the whole point, not to say that trust won't be a component in the future. It absolutely will, but I think it'll manifest in different ways and, and, and it'll be used in different ways. But, um, and of course, you know, all those people saying that it's like, uh, people may not have the time to participate in, 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 in cultivating or, or, uh, what's the word? rehabilitating certain certain people or, or establishing certain relationships so i think you know a lot of people's approach is just to call it out and then basically suggest you know come into this system where you know your 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 deeds can be partially redeemed because one they they you they can't take place here you know again if people are uh approaching all this in in the optimal most optimal way mm -hmm. um and maybe, you know, as a result of that, your trust can begin to be rebuilt. You know, you can slowly over the course of time uh, mm -hmm. show yourself to be redeemed in some way. Yeah, I think I think maybe the scammer is not the best um the best example because it's so um there's so much energetic load towards those those scammers. Um it's mm -hmm. it's such a such a um un unpopular um, unpopular group of people to us bitcoiners but the the same the same dynamic i would say is basically in every orange pilling approach because once someone tells us about their i don't know about how their um how they got scammed in in um in, in uh, with ftx or whatever and they are holding onto their opinion that the fiat system is still good and you're and you're suggesting the opposite it's kind of like it's it's the same dynamic as if you were trying to as if you were battling a a scammer because they they are in the scammer paradigm 
Right. So, so even though it's not the best best example, and I I wouldn't suggest, hey, let's start uh, orange pilling the scammers because that's the, like the least uh, least effective <laughs> effective group to uh, to to make uh, to make friends. Right. Um, but we can start with our friends. We can start with those who are still in the scammer paradigm, um, and use basically the same the same the same mechanism the same mechanism of setting boundaries, but also inviting and and also um, opening up. And I think if we focus on the inviting and in the and and the and the loving part more. Um, we get it into a perfect balance because right now it's it's uh, it's more of the rational. Here is all the information about Bitcoin, and this is kind of the 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 opposing. Um, and we need the emotional part as well. We need the emotional part in in the at least in the same extent mm. to have it balanced and and be flowing with the flow of the universe. To to say it like this, yeah. Um, well, this is. And, I, I I agree, but but I I also kind of default to my prior statement where it's like, why is it that that every you know so many people are are currently inspired to express this in a certain way? And you know the answer is probably you know it's being filtered through their own personalities and their own experiences and their own mm -hmm. perception of the state of the world. And so we're mm -hmm. getting a variety of different expressions. And who who am I to say it's not the variety that we currently need for the current time because it's 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 what we have but but you know uh personally like my i guess my own opinion on it if i was to have you know a less uh zen-like approach to it and just kind of say you know what would i want to see uh, i totally agree i mean th this is part of the reason why i love seeing artists pop up in the space visual artists mm -hmm. videos yes. rappers like memes whatever like because as yes. you're saying that stuff hits people on an emotional level you know most people don't want to talk about the macroeconomic landscape and the history of money and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just way off people's radars. Yes. But you know, you you put you know a very emotive video in front of them or a very humorous video in front of them that covers some of those themes, and mm -hmm. that's way more appealing to way more people. Um, and then the you know the other element of that, and you know, I think I hear a lot of people saying this lately, which is great because I, I think it's profoundly true. But most of us want the same things in life, right? You want security, mm -hmm. you want comfort, you want love, yes. you want belonging, you want uh, meaning, you want value, you want flourishing, you want family, you want health. Uh, and so whenever you see those things, your attention, you know, thing perks up. And mm -hmm. then you look at those things and you say, oh, like what, it, how, how did they achieve those things? This is kind of why the Yes. the allure of celebrity even exists, right? Because you look at these people and you think, I mean, kind of the conceit of celebrity is they put forward one image and the reality is something very different. But suffice it to say mm -hmm. that you, your mind looks at them and you say, oh, wow, they have all the things that I want. They have, you know, uh, success and wealth and fame and, you know, beauty and all these sorts of things. And therefore, that's why they're spokespersons for people, because people are so looking at them and saying, they have what I want. What are they using to get there? I should use the same thing, or I should think the same way, or I should whatever. And so I, I think, you know, if we're really right about Bitcoin, and if we're truly convicted in its truth, let's say, um, then I think the the most effective approach, and again, this ticks both the boxes of ticking your own box for your own personal benefit and ticking the boxes for uh, you know, bringing more people into this thing, 
It's just use it, uh, leverage its benefit as to the maximum, you know, for, for your own life and use it as mm -hmm. a tool for your own refinement and then allow the degree to which it elicits or produces a benefit in your life, in your relationships, in your work, in your health, in your satisfaction, all those kind of things. Allow that to just be a signal for other people mm -hmm. looking for the same thing to pick up on. And then they'll ask themselves that, well, e either they'll ask themselves, what is that person doing? Or they'll ask you, what are you doing? And you won't have to go around with the fire hose, you know, and the orange pills and trying to shove them down people's throats because you know, the way that human psychology works is they'll come to you, whether it's come to your YouTube channel or come to your podcast or come to you in, in, in actual meat space, because the thing that you're using to cultivate what you deem to be an optimized life will be equally attractive to them because you're probably, you know, you're probably both seeking, you know, the same things. And so again, that's why I say, I mean, it, it's an expression of deep conviction because if you really believe that Bitcoin produces that, if you really believe that Bitcoin is what we often talk about it is, and it is more, you know, that more so than anything, then you will recognize the primacy of that approach in, in simply mm -hmm. being a representation of the benefit that it, uh, of its potential benefit, and then allowing that to be the strongest case to make to everyone out, you know, outside of yourself, basically. Yes, I absolutely agree. And one of the things that everybody wants is relationships. And and I think that if we focus on relationships, on building our... So, of course, we should focus on all the other, all the other amazing growth uh, and... and um, and expansions that that Bitcoin brings to all our other, our other areas of life, um, we should we should definitely do that as well. However, I think, uh, or what what I want to what I want to present, and that's um, the, the main topic with, uh, why I um, contacted you, is because I want to share a method that you can that that has many many um, parallels to to Bitcoin that you can use to expand your relationships and in turn be a an uh, um a lighthouse to the fiat world to the people seeing oh wow these bitcoiners they also have the most amazing relationships and not only do they have the most amazing relationships between themselves but they are also loving towards other people If they so please, if they so please, the, of course, there is not, um, I don't want to force or, or force any, any Bitcoiner to now go out and, uh, um, follow um, your approach. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, what, what I want to do is just inspire. Hey, I totally understand that it's very hard to, 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 have the same joy as you have connecting to bitcoiners while trying to, uh, while trying to connect to precoiners right but at the same time i can show you a way that you can make connecting to quote unquote precoiners also a very deeply fulfilling experience by going to the human level by going to the emotional level 
just as an just as an option that I want to share because this is in my experience this has opened up the my, the relationships in my in my um surrounding where instead of me um trying to to convince the, uh, my surroundings when I started to focus on on deepening the emotional relationship the, the emotional trust with my with my environment with my relationships people started then suddenly people started to to um to ask me and to to proactively ask me about bitcoin and that was because they, in the way that i related to them emotionally the way that i made myself vulnerable i showed myself as who i am it was it's 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 not um you can't uh it's just so obvious that bitcoin is is a, has deeply touched my soul so when i make myself vulnerable in in front of others i don't have to co talk to them about bitcoin or convince them about it they just see just see the emotional meaning for it within me right. and and by relating to them which doesn't like even if you're if you're not relating uh, even if in the in the emotional relating the word bitcoin never comes up they still feel a difference and they are drawn to you because you are different emotionally Mm -hmm. and i just love that it's deeply fulfilling to connect with people in general with with the uh, with the approaches that i learned and at the same time it pro it propels um kind of passively bitcoin adoption Yeah, well, after a uh, 90-minute preamble, <laughs> you, you're putting forward that approach. Why don't, why don't you hit me with it? Yes, yes. So maybe a quick um, quick context. The method is open source. So the, the, the guy who developed that, um, he just said, you know what? People love it. I, I see that this is, in in his opinion that in his opinion this will uh, this will be a, a game changer for the quote unquote global awakening and you know what i won't license it to to uh, to um to make people uh, so people don't have to attain a license to to further uh, use it with others so you can do whatever the f you want with it um you can use it you can make you can even make money with it i don't care this is one aspect so it's open source and the other aspect is It's peer to peer, and realizing that the, the this um, parallel to Bitcoin was like what the how 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 is it possible that this emerges right in this in these important times? I think it it emerged twenty twenty one around that around that time. And how is it peer to peer? So usually, therapy is is not on a really eye level. Um, relationship it's the therapist who's guiding or kind of um depending on the on the therapy um form um he's he's the one in the position of power let's say and the and the um, client is the one who's who's getting who's asking for the service let's say and what the the approach that i want to share which is called honest sharing by the way what this does 
what this enables is it's very easy to use and you can use it with friends and the whole process is a short silence person a is sharing a short silence person b is sharing short silence done the sharing of each side is about five minutes five to ten minutes and what this does is that both people who are sharing their um their inner perceptions I, i go a bit into into detail about that in a moment if both are sharing there is no disbalance in power it's both people are opening opening up and making themselves vulnerable in front of each other and not only that but also both people are having the opportunity to process their emotions and uh, what we see in <laughs> in therapists nowadays in the fear therapists uh, just as a funny uh, side note is most of them don't go to therapy themselves and they are they are um um they could use the um they could use the chance of um having their own emotions processed as well during their work but they're not because they're always in the in the in the um position of power and not making right. themselves vulnerable you know and I, if i yes. could just interrupt for a sec i i think that's part of it because I, i i know some therapists and i know that some of them do have mm -hmm. um like that's part of their schedule you know someone to be their therapist so they can kind of unwind and dump out a lot of the stuff that has been imposed upon them but um or they've participated in let's say um but the other thing is is interesting point that you made there about you know, a, a fiat therapist, let's say. And again, I've, I know therapists, I yes. have a lot of respect for them, you know, and I, and most, most of the ones I know are extremely well-intended and very compassionate yes. and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it, you know, I think part of the, the effort of therapy, or let's, let's say maybe one of the, the ultimate or loftier efforts, because, you know, you, you may just be trying to you know, resolve an acute issue very quickly. And so, so that's very specific, but I think broadly, you know, the role is to try to help people become more integrated with like all aspects of themselves yes. and then all aspects of the broader environment that they exist within, not just the physical and natural, but again, like the, you know, the metaphysical, I mean, how, what are you becoming integrated with? If not, you know, those kind of unspeakable domains that help us that are, our inextricable part of our consciousness and our life, let's say. And if they, to the extent that they, their own development has been fostered by a signal or by a system where they're getting false signals and mm -hmm. corrupt incentives and poor feedback and artificial deprivation and artificial accolade, like all of those things mm -hmm. are, are going to dramatically fragment their own perception and their own integrity. And I don't mean integrity in the sense that it's commonly used, you know, being honest and and forthcoming, but I mean, integrity, like with the ground of being, let's say like, you know, properly oriented as a, as a conscious human being that, you know, being so uh, integrated into a system like that is going to dramatically inhibit their ability to yes. provide that to the people they're trying to help. Um, and so I guess that's just a comment on, as well intended as so many care providers are around the world today, they're being dramatically, I would say, impeded or inhibited simply mm -hmm. by the system that they operate within, both 
you know, mechanically in terms of what the system is able to provide, but also, you know, psychologically, philosophically, or spiritual in terms of spiritually in terms of what they're not getting from the system and, and therefore what they're not able to help foster in the people that they're trying to help. And I, uh, I very much look forward to, you know, a, a Bitcoin, a hyper Bitcoin, Bitcoinized world where all of that is reversed. And as mm -hmm. you know, very much in line with the conversation we've been having today, hopefully we will exist within a, a society or a system that is far more conducive to that type of integration that, you know, I was alluding to. Yes, absolutely. And, and I want to publicly apologize to all quote unquote fiat therapists. Um, the way I said it before was a bit sarcastic and I, it was just an expression of my uh, pain going through that system. And so I want to apologize uh, and want to say that I see the best intentions in you and um, it's not, it's not the therapist themselves. It's the system. Mm -hmm. Just, I just wanted to say that. Um, and, and yes, I, <laughs> to me, Today I I did um, a round of honest a session of honest sharing with a friend of mine, a fellow Bitcoiner, and during the session I had this, the insight like, how can anyone who is not a Bitcoiner truly say they are confident? They must be they must be suppressing something. They they must be lying to themselves at some at some level. Why do you How say can... that? Because they, they, they're so vulnerable in, in certain aspects of their life? Or what do you mean? I would say mainly because human nature is to wanting to live in a cooperative, harm, harmony, harmonious world. And to go around in this world and say, I'm confident, I'm happy. But at the same time, seeing whatever is going on and not, and not at the same time... Um, I see being part of the solution conscious being consciously part of the solution um how can you be truly confident because because it's kind of a, a disconnect to the to to nature mm -hmm. that yeah. that's kind of a, kind of a, um, trying to su summarize what you were saying about the, uh, the therapist as well yeah no i i agree I, mean, I think it comes back to that point about being truly integrated and i think that's yes. that's that's the power of the correct or the most truthful orienting idea or or philosophy or notion or yes. concept let's say it in that it permits you to be to maintain it, it permits you to optimally maintain integrity despite the conditions or yes or uh specifics of your experience and so you as you say i mean a lot of people walk around the world today and they appear outwardly quite confident but how how true is that confidence how how much could that confidence hold up to changing circumstances and i think it like i think it's part of the definition or one of the hallmarks or it's fundamental to this idea of profound truth that it's the thing that fosters the greatest in integrity right it's mm -hmm. the thing that fosters the greatest unity and you know of course mm -hmm. religions have called this notion god and there's been you know many other labels or ways of conceptualizing it but i think that's the thing and and if you have a genuine well not even relationship to that but if if it really is kind of the the degree to which that is 
brought into your own consciousness, the degree to which you're in integrated with that, I think that is what enables you to bear the burden of the broadest set of circumstances that might befall you in life. And, mm -hmm. um, and of course, kind of conversely, I think the, the broadest set of, or the, the worst burdens in life that people are exposed to the worst tragedies, the worst, you know, circumstances of various kinds can also lead you to that thing that promotes mm -hmm. the greatest integrity, because it's in those moments that you need it most where you're, you're most disintegrated where everything mm -hmm. like that, that facade or that illusion that you had built up to move through the world. It's you're, uh, you're coming to realize that it's insufficient to see you through the the pain or the 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 weight or the burden of the moment that you're facing you know and so like what i'm referring to here is like crisis moments breakdowns mm -hmm. prison camp survivors you know uh people in the worst imaginable or not even the worst imaginable because it's very subjective but when you have that kind of breakdown it's when you realize that the thing that you've been integrated with or your notion or, you know, the thing that most orients you in the world so that you can move through it, your, your own conception of yourself, right? Your own identity, your own ego, you come face to face with that moment where you say, oh, it's insufficient. Like it, it's not capable mm -hmm. of meeting this moment without completely destroying me, without completely disintegrating me. And, you know, of course you can respond two ways to those moments. You can allow it to fully destroy you. And that leads to all manner of bad outcomes, or you can, allow the kind of intensity of that moment to give you an added capability of finding something that is more integrated, that is more capable of, of assisting you in uh, confronting whatever it is you're confronting and maintaining integration and main maintaining, you know, yourself, let's say. And um, yeah, I, I think I can't remember what kicked off that thought, but I think, <laughs> I think that's what's, uh, that's kind of what you're, where you're getting at with the confidence thing. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. the confidence can either, either be real via, you know, a, a true integration like that, or it can be, you know, drummed up. It can be someone somewhat artificial and not really tethered to too much stuff. Cause as you say, like, how could it be, how could one, you know, uh, exude that type of confidence within the circumstance or, or system that they're that they're nestled within. But mm -hmm. I think the it's really easy to, to front, you know, in day-to-day -day life at your work, at your job or whatever, you know, you can put on an artificial mask. You, you can put on a brave face, but I think this is why we see so many diseases of despair today. Why we see so much substance mm -hmm. abuse, why we see so much overeating, overwatching, overconsuming, like all these different mechanisms by which people, you know, cover up or ignore the true nature of their feeling about things. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and, and almost the anguish of having to put on a happy face, a confident face in all the different environments of their life, mm -hmm. you know? And so when they withdraw from those places where nobody's to, when they withdraw to those places where nobody's watching, then they, you know, then the, the real comes out and the real is like, I'll just, you know, I, you find all these methods of assuaging the, the anguish of having to operate like that. And then of mm -hmm. course, in, in the more intense moments, the, you know, the, the glass, that glass confidence often breaks. And I think this is why there's such an interest in pursuing personal development and pursuing those spiritual paths, because there's a recognition mm -hmm. that that is the way you find 
the truth about yourself and perhaps even a broader truth. And that is what permits you to be the most resilient, the most integrated, the most capable of embodying the appropriate virtues or consciousness for any given moment to see yourself optimally through life. You know, and, and obviously in our context here, we're exploring and discussing and sharing our own experiences about how Bitcoin has been, you know, a tremendous tool in that process, if not if not the greatest tool, mm -hmm. which, you know, as I often discuss on the show is, is quite the assertion or realization to make, but, you know, time and time again, as I talk to so many people out there, you know, just regular so-called regular people, it would seem that there's a lot of uh, proof in the pudding, let's say. Yes, exactly. And, and Bitcoin will enable more and more resources and like, Yeah, just let's just put it as resources to pursue emotional development. Right, right. Because it sets the free, uh, the time free. It sets the energy free. Yeah. Um, and so maybe coming back to the to the to honest sharing to the protocol that that I want to um, inspire the 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 community to experiment with, maybe even iterate on it's peer-to-peer -peer nature that you that you basically that there is no one in power or at the same at the same time both people are in power everyone who is participating um, with this setup emotional growth is now even independent from paid psychologists so not only um, not only do we um, um, we don't we don't even have to wait until Bitcoin will set more and more of our time and money free to be able to uh, to go to, um, to to spend it towards our emotional growth. Now what we can do is, as long as we have friends or as long as we are willing to make friends to do this with, and there are tons of people um, who who want to spend their time doing these, these kind of activities. Um, as long as we're willing to do that now we have, we can, we are independent even from needing the financial resources for psychology, uh, for right. therapists, etc. And I think this is, this is one massive, um, yeah, one massive part of why this, why this, probably um, why this could be could play a massive role and so the basic i would i think it, it doesn't make sense to go into the full instruction because it's um it, it the full instruction takes about 20 minutes to read um i have it i have people or to your uh piece of writing i think on it right ex exactly i have i have a short one and i have a long one um Please copy copy it uh, and post it somewhere else on the internet. Uh, you don't even have to put my name on it. Just make sure that it doesn't <laughs> get deleted. Um, um, so I have a, I I put together a trans, an English translation of the method um, that you can then probably find in the show notes. And but I would say I, I give you a basic overview because I can relate it back then uh, the mechanisms back to the um, to. Uh, quote unquote Bitcoin adoption, quote unquote waking up to Bitcoin, quote unquote detaching from the abusive relationship to the government. Sure. Um, so 
instead of instead of um i think before before going into the mechanisms i might do one or two minutes of just demoing demonstrating how 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 the method works so we are, so we know like what 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 is here even talking about okay. if if that's fine okay so i'll set a timer real quick all right okay Yeah, I feel excitement. I sense nervousness, nervous energy all throughout my body. I sense a bit of relaxation. I feel a bit of sadness. My head thinks the the amount of suffering out in the world is just it it feels like an endless it's it seems like an endless sea of of suffering and it my head thinks that this is letting me tap into sadness at any point in time my head thinks oh come on don't don't be don't be overly dramatic my head thinks well it's bitcoiners who are listening so they know what i'm talking about yeah i well i feel i feel pain i feel like sadness pain about the state of the world my head thinks this pain is about the state of the world. And I feel gratitude. <laughs> My head thinks, wow, what an amazing um, conversation so far. I, uh, I sense how there are a lot of thoughts spinning and it's like, oh, my head thinks, wow, it's, it's been uh, kind of a trip <laughs> for me, this... This conversation. I feel a tiny bit of insecurity around my chest. And I feel a bit of pride. My head thinks, oh, be careful, not too much pride. That's uh, or you will be seen as arrogant. My head thinks. Oh well, there's so much fiat still still inside of all of us, and I'm looking forward <laughs> to, to dissolving it. Thank you for listening. <laughs> so this is this is how a how a round of honest sharing can look like. So, so I think you said before you would do it for five minutes, not two minutes, right? Or does it matter? Well, it, it depends how much time you have. Um, okay. Okay. So it's just, it's, so there's one person a does that. And then you, you say there's an equivalent period of silence before person B goes ahead. Yeah. It's just, it's just, um, you, you give each other short, just short. It can be a few breaths. You can t take even five minutes, whatever you feel like, um, just some silence. So you don't, uh, so you kind of, um, complete your sharing and then right. the other can start from a, from kind of a new space. 
or, or, or fresher space. You know, one of the things that comes to mind when you when you're doing that is there's always so many thoughts going through my mind. So it's like <laughs> my 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 mind. If I was tasked with doing what you just did, I think part of me would be conflicted. Like, well, how do I choose? Which which thought do I choose? You know, they're going they're going mm -hmm. so fast and so so there's so many of them. Like, because it's almost like a I hate to you know use a oftly oft misused sort of uh, hippie or woo woo term, but it's almost like a somewhat of what a quantum relationship, right? Like the thought isn't. Mm isn't real it's not fully expressed within me it doesn't fully conjure up the mm -hmm. imagery until i let, let's say it's like a, a a rapidly moving river with all sorts of fish right and it doesn't like the one i pluck out becomes the one that i focus on but it's almost mm -hmm. like there's there's so many that it could be at any given moment that and so i maybe the the that's you know part of the benefit of the exercise it's almost more than anything it's like sure out of the near infinite soup of potential thoughts, why is it you end up picking the ones that you pick out, you know, and maybe that's what's most instructive. Hmm. Interesting perspective. I would actually say my experience is that no matter which thought you pick, it, it doesn't matter because the thoughts that want to be expressed, that want to be, um, want to be known, they will stay in the, in the pool anyway until you pick them out mm. so it's the 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 model that this is viewing the psyche through is not necessarily like okay there's infinite randomness and i can just pick from the randomness inside of me but there's a um there's a whole let's say family of inner parts of mine who all want to be like like inner child parts um who want to be acknowledged, who want to be heard, who want to be seen, who want to be um, who want to be understood. And the process of emotional development is pulling these parts out of the shadow, out of the sea, out of this pool, and finally listen to them and getting the information that they that they are desperately trying to to tell you for for all the time. So once you do that, they don't um their their force of wanting to crush through the surface and uh, scream scream at you or or tell you or, or face you with with whatever emotion or or memory or thought um the their so desire to do that of... exactly the, the the energy is just um transmuted from mm. all, from all this Oh, please listen to me. I, I experienced all this pain back then. Um, to oh, now I'm safe. Now, Benny is, uh, or or John is, um, is is an adult. Is 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 grown up, and his nervous system is strong, and he knows how to be connected to his empathetic side, to his compassionate side. It's this compassion, this compassion, the self compassion that. We have to show each of these thoughts, each of these parts, each of these emotions that are bubbling below the surface to help them calm down. Because then it's like, oh yeah, okay, uh, we're not in the in the um, in the situation from back then anymore. And also, I could tell him what I wanted to tell him, and now he is 
a more integrated, a more whole being because he knows this this perspective of experience mm -hmm. because I was able to tell it to him. So I it's, think it's also probably yeah. useful in terms of, um, you know, it seems to me to be the case that many people are, well, people have many fears, but one of them is of themselves, you know, and so oftentimes mm -hmm. people are afraid to really look at the, you know, proverbial or metaphorical mirror, look themselves in the, in the mirror. And, you know, this yes. is back to the, I mean, I think a lot of spiritual pursuits kind of confront you with that and, and, and force you to confront yourself. I found that the psychedelics to be extremely powerful in that uh, mm -hmm. way, because it really like, even the things that you're not actively avoiding about yourself, and you probably are actively avoiding a number of things or things that you try not to think about yourself, but even the ones that you're not aware of or that are latent or that are, you know, suppressed in some way, those get conjured up. And it's all just, you know, you, you can't, you can't proceed, right? There's no pass go or you shall not pass to the, the mm -hmm. other aspects of the experience until you contend with those. And, uh, it, you know, it can be extremely challenging, but also mm -hmm. extremely therapeutic. And th this seems like another method of at a minimum, just recognizing aspects of yourself, i.e. thoughts that you're having, and then, you know, disarming them to a certain degree, at least enough to begin the process of contending with them rather than allow, you know, rather than keeping them suppressed and allowing them to exert an unconscious influence. Exactly. Exactly. And, by choose and and the good thing is that you still have the the choice of which parts to pick right unless you're like flooded at the moment because you experienced something something tragic or 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 um, or highly triggering for you mm. but but you still have the choice to say you know what i know there's there's some parts that need my attention but i don't feel like i have the capacity today I look at some other parts and this way these parts that need my attention they notice ah okay he's taking care of us maybe not us today but he is he is intending to help all of us because he's he's doing it over and over and he's um um and he's also demonstrating that he is capable of helping the other parts so these parts are also calming down because they notice oh wow there's this there's this giant ball of love <laughs> um and we are getting closer and closer to it mm -hmm. yeah I, I i can see that um i mean no disrespect by phrasing that by by you know asking this question but what about this protocol is you said it was developed in 2021. What what's kind of particularly novel or unique about it? Because, you know, mm -hmm. I think anyone listening might just be like, yeah, you know, you, you sit down, you share your your thoughts mm -hmm. with a, a friend, and and that's it. You know, it's probably been happening for a long ass time. So what is what is kind of uniquely or unique about this? And uh, yeah, a little bit more about kind of how you've been using it and what some of the results have been would be interesting as well. Mm -hmm. That's that's the perfect question to to kind of get into the main principles uh, below it because it is very similar to just speaking a mindfulness meditation out loud. You know, mindfulness meditation. You in in some in some variants you you, you label it. You you say thought, feeling, sensation, thought, 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 sensation. The, the, this is this is a, a 
This is a known mindfulness meditation for for decades or, or uh, centuries, probably. Mm. However, doing it with someone else allows you to notice that you are safe with others. Speak, telling out, tell, telling, uh, showing your most vulnerable side sides. So it shows you that even though maybe you are sharing dark secrets or parts of dark secrets you're still you're still not getting shamed or blamed or um it it, it doesn't interrupt the the relationship it even deepens it because you notice oh wow the other person can relate to it i'm not alone with these with these secrets or with these with these feelings and this is actually what we would have needed from our parents to avoid the attachment trauma. And another example for is not just the, the content itself of what you're sharing, but the, the, the act of sharing, for example, let's say, um, Let's say sharing a feeling of helplessness. Could you go to your to your parents and share that you're feeling helpless? Depending on the relationship, maybe, but most people couldn't. Most people would say, uh, "Whoa, no, uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not feeling safe telling my uh, sharing with my parents how vulnerable I feel, how how not uh, not stable I sometimes feel. Why is why is that for many people?" Because they noticed that when they were young, the parents were triggered themselves. Why they were triggered uh, as, as a child, and they were they were seeing like, oh well, my parents can't even deal with their own emotions, and they can't deal with my emotions. So I am bad for overwhelming my parents with my emotions. This this is just just one example, and bringing in this relational aspect. Um, it's just, yeah, it's it's pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't uh, want to get too uh, too uh, comparative to Bitcoin, but Bitcoin only added the difficulty adjustment, right? <laughs> it just added one aspect, and everything clicked. Um, but um, doing it together, and and I think one one part as well is just the speaking of it, um, speaking out. Is is this is is like training to set your bound set to set boundaries? It's like speaking up. You're, you're you're exercising to speak up, and this gets you more and more in contact. Finally, you at, at some point you will realize, wow, I can even I can even communicate my anger. Hmm. So it's kind of it, it kind of has that aspect of vulnerability or receptivity, where you're saying like you're kind of putting at least some of your cards on the table, things that you wouldn't normally articulate or express, but also has kind of the, the yang element, the outward mm -hmm. element where, uh, you know, you're simultaneously almost, you're being more courageous than you typically are because yes. you are expressing these things and, and giving voice to things that you otherwise mightn't share. So you're kind yes. of 
maybe doing both simultaneously. And because one of the things that I was thinking, and that I think a lot of people would think as well, is like, we all know, well, we, we referred to kind of like the overly woo woo hippies before. Right. And mm-hmm. one way you might characterize, and we probably shouldn't, uh, you know, broad mm-hmm. brushstroke characterize those people because they're all different, but let's do it for the sake of argument <laughs> and say, um, you know, you, you could probably get away with saying oftentimes those types of people are a little bit too like receptive, a little bit too open, a little bit too allowing of everything Mm. to take place. And maybe not, you know, maybe the Yang element of things is not as well represented. And Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, even in my own stuff, like I, 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 I explore experience trial, a lot of those, uh, more open sort of things. I think psychedelics, broadly speaking, is probably one of them because it just kind of shatters your ego, if only temporarily. And you, you're, you're extremely receptive, both, mm-hmm. you know, consciously and perhaps, you know, in whatever group you're with. But I like to pair them with like really hardcore physical challenges, if for no other reason, not necessarily to even, you know, get a uh, a habit started or not even necessarily to effectuate some physiological change, but just to ground you in in that kind of energy and in in toughness and grit in in the you know what you were alluding to earlier like the aggressive sort of element you know the Mm -hmm. the the yang element to to the receptivities yin Mm -hmm. Uh, because i you know i guess the reason why the the sign has both in equal portions is because that's you know you need to find the optimal balance and if you too much in in either direction is probably suboptimal. The market equilibrium. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. One one um, kind of teaser. You said the ego gets shattered. This wording, in my experience, is still fiat paradigm. Because it it still it comes from a. a spiritual school that is promoting the ego death and in my experience no the ego doesn't have to die it has to do a vacation or it it has to it has to be reintegrated it has to be repurposed it has to find a way to be more helpful but the ego is not your enemy the ego is your best friend and i think my thesis is that this whole kill your ego um propaganda Maybe maybe I'm a bit uh, overboard with that, but it it would definitely fit the the speech patterns um, of someone who would want to suppress other people by telling them their ego is bad. Mm. Yeah, well, I I totally agree, which is why I said temp- if only temporarily. Yes, um, yes, because I think the whole and uh, I, you know a lot of Bitcoiners have been discussed. I, I don't know why ego death <clears throat> has been interpreted by so many uh lately or just generally as being a permanent thing you know for, for when i have referred to it and experienced it in the past it was always a temporary thing so you 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 go into an experience that basically breaks you down shadow you know shatters your ego and as a result of that you're you're able to experience a a more unified a less differentiated form of consciousness in my my yeah. opinion but and and there's you know that's an ineffable experience 
And then when you depart from that state of consciousness, then the work of recapitulating your ego is what takes place. And, you know, this is often call, called integration after these experiences or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's when you say, okay, you know, again, as you said, the ego is not bad, it's necessary and it can be the most, it, it, well, you, you, you can't escape it. So you might as well, mm -hmm. like it, it's, it's, it's your, it's the fundamental tool of who you are as an individual. And so how should it be constituted? How should it be constructed? And so that's the, you know, then this is the kind of the metaphor and the recurring mythological imagery of the Phoenix, you know, the Phoenix mm -hmm. doesn't just die and then he's dead, you know, he, he dies and then rising from the ashes, rising from, you know, the parts of it that, you know, are no longer serving him, no longer required, you know, whatever it emerges renewed once again in, in a form that's more, you know, more capable, more fitted to its environment, more fitted to its its goals or ambitions or what have you. And that's always been my approach. And so it's 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 suspending or 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 shattering the ego temporarily so you can gain access to a particular state of consciousness. But then coming back down and with the wisdom of that state of consciousness saying, in what way should I imbue that wisdom into my quote unquote ego such that it's a it's a better tool moving forward. It's a better tool to operate with. Mm -hmm. Certainly not, you know, in, in insinuating that um that it you know goes away because that's just mm -hmm. an absurd notion on its face and and you know you you want to be careful of anyone espousing that that kind of uh so-called wisdom yes that that's fiat spirituality in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> well i think it's it's um it's helpful to just finish up the the method by sure. um I think anyone who who listened and 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 um, uh, so far will have decided if if it's interesting for them or not. So I won't go too much into detail. Just just to um, round up the the point, what makes it different? Uh, what is very important is to use these phrases that I always started the the, the sentences with. Right? Like I always said, "My head thinks, right. I feel, I sense." Um, this is very important because. We are not in a state in a, in a, on a level of consciousness yet as humans where we can um, live without these or where we can we can where we can stay with ourselves and in the here and now focused um, while sharing with others without using these these um, these tools as a as a as a as a as a help as helpers I, I don't know the word right now but you know and and um, By saying my head thinks, I feel, I sense, it's very obvious that it's just your feelings. And this helps to disentangle the two people who are sharing with each other, uh, to each other, disentangle them from each other. Because what happens in a child to parents relationship, when parents share their emotions to the child, or when, when parents just talk how they are and, and talk about stuff, they don't they don't make clear that these are their emotions. It's just a giant emotion that blasts right into the nervous system of the child. And the child can't differentiate, is it my, is it my emotion or is it the emotion of, of the parent? And this, it's, a, it's kind of a disentanglement by, by always making sure it's my emotion and, this, and that's your emotion and that's my emotion. And this is, it's just mind-blowing how this can, like this is the most, this is one of the most um, potent um, lever to fix or to heal relationships it's it's usually when these when these boundaries aren't clear 
um, where where relationship conflict arises as well. Um, and um, by by saying these these uh, phrases, my head thinks it's very, for example, it's sure it's it's very obvious um, that you are not the thought, but you are the one observing the thought. So this this whole observing, you know, go meditate and uh, just observe your thoughts. Okay, but how? If you use a if you use a phrase like that, it becomes enormously easy. It's it's a bit it's a bit of training. It's not okay. Let's say it's simple, not easy, but it becomes way easier than doing it without. So it's it's just just an amazing tool to 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 bring all these ancient wisdoms into practical for nowadays um, fitting practical. Um, concrete action steps that we can take yeah. there are there are, there are more more uh, more benefits and stuff about that but that that should uh, should be enough as a as kind of a i would say general uh, idea for anyone who's interested to look further I, I think um for a lot of people even that shift in perspective that to to not fully identify with one's own thoughts can be oh, yeah. very helpful and powerful you know, oh, yeah. I, I laugh at myself sometimes because like I'll observe a thought and I'll be like, wow, that is fucking horrible. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm glad that's not me. You know, I'm glad, that, like, I'm glad I'm just the one observing that and I'm not fully responsible for that thought because it was it was bad. Um, because if you did, you know, like if you did, whether it's uh, identifying with all the good thoughts or all the bad thoughts or whatever, I mean, again, like the the tornado of thoughts can be. Well, it can mm -hmm. be tornado-like, so it can be like a torrent. There can be so many of them. And then depending upon your environment, circumstance, food you ate, experiences you've had, they might be, they might, you know, tilt good, tilt bad, tilt horrible, tilt wonderful. Um, and I think just that perspectival shift where uh, mm -hmm. people begin to create, you know, and this is very like, you know, Buddhist and been said for thousands of years, but when you can... Mm -hmm create that space and and not fully identify with the thought then i think it allows you a lot more leeway in in properly regulating emotions and properly perceiving truth and popular in in orienting yourself uh well orienting yourself uh more effectively toward truth and you know all the benefits that can be derived from that and then of mm -hmm. course in in communication with others it's incredibly beneficial as well because you can both kind of sit there and like uh know that you can share a thought and where you otherwise might be extremely apprehensive of doing so and still you know to some degree probably are because it still came from you know within you but you can both mm -hmm. kind of just hold it in the space and there's that you know you're both holding a thought instead of being the thought and that mm -hmm. probably you know enables uh more genuine and, and more well more genuine sharing and more introspection and and you know more uh facilitation of you know closer connections let's say and it enables holding multiple perspectives at the same time right 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 and then it begs the question yeah. like well i'm holding these five perspectives <laughs> which one should i embody and you know <laughs> i i had a great conversation with um john verveke last year and um he introduced this notion to me because I, we're we're talking about you know kind of the wisdom of that ineffable space that you know that mystical experience that no mind that loving awareness whatever you want to call it and mm -hmm. how do you how do you determine right action from there 
because it seems like you know mm-hmm. there's something extremely true from there. And the, but how do you distill that into day to day, moment to moment, right action? And you know, we, it led into a discussion about virtues, right? And like, it would seem that virtues are kind of like conceptual distillations of the ineffable aspects of mm-hmm. the ineffable. And you could say, you know, the virtue of honesty or the virtue of fairness, the virtue of, you know, love or things like this. Like those are elements of of that thing that you're mm-hmm. making explicit. And then it's like, well, you know, which one? Like which of those virtues should you most embody depending on, you know, the situation you're in? And I, I suggested to him, mm-hmm. like, it seems to me to be fairly reasonable to say, um, you know, to one, to recognize you're not just one thing obviously mm-hmm. you, you know you, who you are and what you can be and what you should be is very context dependent and so it's it decentralized be, yeah you know so it seems to be the case you know maybe you know right action and again partial definition of right action is being capable of embodying the most appropriate virtue for the given situation or circumstance mm-hmm. you're in uh, virtue or virtues and uh, and he ag- agreed with that and he said you know I think he said that's where we get the term or that's basically what virtuosity means being a virtuoso, you know, and we mm. in common in common parlance, we understand that word of just being great at multiple things. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, apparently, or what he was suggesting is that's kind of what it means. It's, it's mm. being able to embody the most optimal virtue for the correct situation. And importantly, being able to move through, through them as and when are appropriate and leading back to our, mm-hmm. our discussion here i don't think you you have the capacity to do that or at least a, a far diminished capacity if you don't have that separation between exactly. awareness and thought because you're too they're too conjoined together to allow for frictionless movement but if you if you have that space and if you're kind of increasingly familiar with it then you know then you can be that maestro that can just you know, mm-hmm. determine which is best for the circumstance and just move right into that and embody it to the fullest. And then when the circumstance changes, you move out of it and you can move in, into another one. And, and again, this is like kind of uh woo woo talk, but, you know, I think it, it actually is, it seems to be true. And even if it's not fundamentally true, it seems to be an effective means of approaching the various circumstances that, that we inevitably confront. It's, it's uh, what you described there is, is absolutely practical actually it's uh, like um the internal family systems therapy model that that i'm also trained in its whole um its basic mechanism is blending and unblending from inner parts mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of uh, mastered the the let's say the the inner joystick the inner controller um of this interface with reality so i can highly uh encourage you to to look into and and anyone listening to to look into that model as well um because that's exactly what you what you just described there um it put that into a very practical process that one can um that one can use and 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 you described it beautifully i I really enjoyed also ah virtuoso oh amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love i loved it too which is why it stuck in my mind when he said it um show do we have any i mean did you want to share any more about um you know just how effective or or Mm -hmm. your experiences with this before we we close it out yeah i think i think a little bit about that makes sense Mm. 
so I mentioned already that when I when I focus kind of more and more on that, for one, my focus went way back from um, trying to convince others because it's more and more apparent that this is just my perception. My head thinks Bitcoin is true. But it also gives the other person the opportunity to from their place without any 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 um any push look at my at my sharing of my opinion about bitcoin of course i didn't like ju just oh, to yeah. just to make make this uh, concept uh, just just to um to to illustrate the concept of course i um i didn't try to orange pill uh, anyone like <laughs> um with with the, with this method um, but what i noticed is that the more I deepen my relationships with this method and it can get so, so, so close, so deep. It's, it's so intimate. It's unbelievable. If you share your deepest, um, your deepest secrets with each other, it's, uh, I'm just in love with so many people right now. And it's like, it's, it's true love. It's, it's, <laughs> and, and the more that happens, the more the others open up to you and to your, to your, um, um, perspective of the world right, and right, right. and then if bitcoin is the truth and it's and it should be interesting for the others then they will look on into it by themselves and what i experience is that i get asked more and more frequently so it's it's uh, i don't get asked because i don't do anything but i get asked because i give them this i, I proactively give them the space it's not just giving them space by leaning back, but I proactively give others the space by expanding relationships. And the, the amazing thing about this is really, I, I think I said it before, but you, you, you start to, um, you start to not just connect deeply with Bitcoiners, but you, you start, you begin to, to, um, to connect to the quote unquote pre-coiners again. And it's, it's not this separation of we and them. It's like, mm. Oh my God, we are we are just humans, and it's we are like it's it's just deeply fulfilling to to have this this pursuit that one could actively participate in. To know, oh my God, I could just go to spiritual events, I could go to um, entrepreneur events, I could go to maybe even to the church. Maybe I uh, call it a bit different than what I do, but whatever. How, no matter where I find people who are open-minded about anything, I can just um, bring connect bring this um, connect connect with them exactly. Uh, propose doing doing anything like that. Of course, even even to uh, to to this um, uh, to this these emotional processes. Of course, even to that many people are very close because it's it seems dangerous to them. Mm -hmm. But in my experience the the amount of people that are open to these kinds of experiences are more than just bitcoiners so sure. or or more than just the people who are ready to quote unquote uh, get orange pilled so this is kind of a pop, quote unquote population that uh, that we can contact that we can embrace and and it's just um you know i'm i'm yeah. i'm imagining so you do this with someone and you know the 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 connection grows and i guess almost necessarily there's an alignment of perception happening because you're like 
Mm -hmm. sharing thoughts in that way is kind of passing perception back and forth and back and Mm -hmm. forth and back and forth. And maybe, you know, you do it enough times over the course of, you know, many um, sessions or whatever, uh, you know, perspectives begins to converge. And then, as you said, like, if these people end up becoming interested, and I'm just being kind of playful here, but also kind of, you know, potentially serious, but uh, they get involved in Bitcoin as a result of this, right? And then you keep doing that. And at some point, like you both get together and your your perspective is so aligned, let's say, or or converges on truth that you both just sit there in silence. And that's like the apex mm-hmm. experience or like, you know, of that's the apex of this particular um, uh, form of communing or communicating with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, like your, your, your consciousnesses are basically aligned and you're just basking in the, in the mm-hmm. the wisdom and joy of silence or something like that and and even the the experiences of quote unquote telepathy are a number go up with this <laughs> in my experience <laughs> well i mean what i mean at a certain point how do you distinguish between telepathy versus having such a capacity for mm. empathizing with the perspective of somebody mm. else that you can predict their Ooh. thoughts before you even, before they even have them in a sense. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's topic that's for far. another time, maybe. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The only thing that I would say really is I want to encourage anyone listening who thinks, ah, you know, um, I have good enough relationships already. Seriously. Of course. If you are already doing quote unquote deep talk, you're in further quote unquote as as most people on the planet. However, you still have a fiat reference point. Always imagine, always remember you have a reference point of fiat relationships. So you don't know what is possible. You don't know how amazing relationships can be. And the great thing is it's a gift that never keeps on giving. Uh, that, that always keeps on giving. That, <laughs> that never loses on keeping on giving. Right. And 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 even if even if none of those people who you connect deeply with understand bitcoin at some point it doesn't matter because it's fulfilling on its own it's just fulfilling to connect mm. and enriching and yeah awesome that's what i want to say <laughs> yeah well i appreciate you coming on man and and having this you know, broad discussion and, and sharing your experiences with, uh, well, this method and, and, you know, the degree to which you think it can be beneficially, you know, employed or used by others toward, fo- I mean, one of the things that, you know, my closing thoughts here, I guess, is I, um, I, I don't, well, I, I don't think I would have characterized myself as like overly self-serving, but I, I, I definitely, let's put it this way as i've gone through life i've i've appreciated relationships more and more the value of of sincere and genuine and loving relationships and that's mm-hmm. in relation to family members and you you know you can again better empathize with their sacrifices and where they're coming from and all you know the, all the dynamics mm-hmm. that play there but mm-hmm. with everybody else as well and i for for whatever reason it really crystallized for me when i was i bought a motorhome in the netherlands in 2018 and my extremely uh, vague plan was to just drive around Europe. And when I find interesting people, I was going to set up like a studio in the motorhome, like with mics and stuff 
And I was going to say, Hey, sounds you know, great. Come in the motorhome and we'll, we'll just talk. We'll talk about whatever you're into, you know, whatever your thing is. Um, and I mean, I, I, I kind of ended up doing a version of that. I mean, I, I ended up realizing that I was in all these amazing environments and backdrops. So why would you record in like a shitty old 1997 motorhome? So we, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, we'd end up, I ended up recording them in, in these beautiful environments when I had the opportunity to do so. Uh, but the, the reason why I bring up the story is because I was at um, actually the uh, a psychedelic conference in Prague. Hmm. Can't remember what it was. Uh, break breaking. I can't remember what it was called, but anyway, it was one of the big psychedelic conferences, and um, Bill Richards was there, and he was the last of the group of early psychedelic researchers in the '50s, '60s, and '70s mm. to continue the research. I think at the University of Maryland, and they they were the last one to get shut down in the early '70s. And then mm. he and Roland Griffiths and another guy in 1999 got it going again uh, at Johns Hopkins. And, you know, since then, there's been, you know, quite the psychedelic renaissance. The research, more research has been allowed, and the results of that research have been very promising. And this has helped to change perspectives on things and all that kind of stuff. But he was one of mm-hmm. the speakers at the, at the conference. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten in touch with him prior. And you know, via email. And like, I'm just a weird dude in a motorhome going to talk <laughs> to people. Like I'm not, I'm not saying I have a podcast. I'm not saying I have credentials. So, you know, naturally he was like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to be busy throughout the conference. You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't have time. Uh, and then at the conference, uh, just by happenstance, he was sitting in the back of the room one day. And so I went up and, and sat next to him and said, hi. And we, you know, briefly introduced myself. And then I said, you know, Basically, I'm that weird guy. And uh, I had kind of cornered him, I suppose, but uh, I convinced him to give me like an hour in a, the cafe wow. like just off from the conference. And so I set up everything, had him sit down, and uh, we ended up having this lovely like 90-minute conversation. Mm. And he, he loosened up after, you know, five minutes when he realized that, you know, I'm not a psychopath and... <laughs> you know, reasonably, uh, informed and educated on the subject and all that kind of stuff. Um, and anyways, we ended up developing a a friendship. And so all throughout the rest of the conference, when he had a break, you know, we'd go and get coffee and croissants at the cafe and sit down with Mm -hmm. his wife and just, you know, had this lovely time. And I reflected to him, I was like, I felt throughout this trip thus far, I think it was half over at that point. Like, I wasted a lot of money on this or it felt like a waste, you know, because it was mm-hmm. just a whim and I, it wasn't really productive in any, in any sense. And I was like, but somehow, you know, mm-hmm. this relationship that we've developed, you know, this friendship somehow like that now supersedes mm. all like the 20, 30,000 bucks or whatever that I, I, I put into it. Um, you know, and it's kind of a weird thing to say because he might mm-hmm. be like, slow down, bro. You know, like we're just, <laughs> we all, we've only known each other for a couple of days, but you know, he, he said the same thing back, you know? So we, um, and again, it was that moment that made me realize, uh, I guess the value of, you know, genuine, honest relationships and how much I, I hadn't that the value of them in my life, I hadn't been as conscious about them until that moment. Cause it mm. struck me. I was like, cause I'm, you know, I'm very financially conscious and I, you know, spending 20,000 or 25,000, whatever it is, bucks is like, it's not a Mm -hmm. small thing. Like it's something I'm going to be, I'm going to be careful of. 
and it's it's almost like the 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 process you use today where i was just sitting there and like i reflected i i heard my mind saying like oh it's mm. all worth it's all worthwhile now and i was kind of struck by that thought i was like mm. really like just be just because you know you you have a new friend like it all that money that you could have done all that those other things with has now been made worth it and you know and my you know the thought that spit back is like yeah yeah that's that's what i'm saying mm. and um mm. yeah so just I, I just reflecting on on the truth of of what you've been saying and and how valuable and powerful and worthwhile and representative of true wealth uh genuine relationships can be mm. beautiful beautiful story well uh benny although i know that's not your real name or at least i i think it may not be uh this has been <laughs> awesome and uh you know i appreciate you taking the time and and being open and sharing in this way um I'll, you can send me the the links to stuff afterwards and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but otherwise, yes. you know, any final words, anything, anywhere you want to direct people or anything like that before we shut it down? No, just, um, I can just encourage you to try it out, experiment with it. And, um, yeah, contact me on Twitter if you have any questions, um, about it. And, um, I will probably, um, post a lot more articles on this whole topic on pretty much everything that we talked about in the coming time. So um, if you're interested in that, just follow the links. Awesome. All right, man. Well, look, thanks again. Take care. And uh, I look forward to connecting again sometime in the future. Definitely. Thank you very much for your time. All right, brother. See ya. See ya. Oh, 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 oh,